Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and take a breath if you need to, or take a moment to settle yourself and just Put whatever cares you've got going on, whatever decisions, whatever emotions, whatever thoughts, just let them fall by the wayside. You don't need to push them away. Just let them fall to the wayside and and remind yourself of the truth that God loves you just as you are. Your soul is in process. Your soul was God's gift to you. Your body is God's gift to you. Your spirit is is who you truly are. Your spirit, your soul is your spirit's gift. Your body belongs as a possession of your spirit. Your soul is a possession and part of your spirit, who you truly are. You are a spirit being. You are already in your spirit, one with God. Every answer to every question is in your spirit. Every guidance, every direction, every every fulfillment of every need is in your spirit. Your spirit has no needs. Your spirit is enjoying eternal life. Your spirit is in the kingdom of God. There is no past, present, or future for your spirit, for who you truly are. But you and I, unfortunately, we live dwelling, we dwell in our soul and habitate habitate our bodies. We live in our bodies here on this earth. This This body you have was created for this earth, for this planet, while you're here in it. Don't know whether there's other beings that might also habitate this earth, but we know there's animals, we know there's other you know, trees, we know other other living things. And and we wonder about ghosts and aliens and a whole bunch of other things. But they, if they have an existence on the earth plane, on the natural realm, and even if it's not earth, let's say there's Martians. And let's say they're that have a soul and live in a body. That body is associated with the needs of that planet. And just as God has given you and I, our spirits, given our spirits a soul to be joined with, to to enjoy, who knows? God may also have given Martians a soul. We just don't know. We do know that God is creative. And I don't know whether it's a fair assumption to think 
that the only planet that God put beings, spirit beings with the soul and a body, that he only tried this experiment once. Now we just don't know. We don't know whether his, whatever his goal was in creating, for instance, Adam and Eve, putting them in the garden, and then lowering them out of the garden so they would have to experience certain things, separation from God and then rejoining with him, which is then how we learn appreciation and gratitude and and what we need God for, what we need our spirit for. But you and I, most of the time when we go through our lives, we are not aware of our spirit. We live out of our soul for the vast majority of time, sometimes a little bit out of our bodies. And by that I mean not, not out of our bodies, but we live, we, we, we interpret our existence according to what our body is experiencing, what our natural circumstances are. In other words, when everything's going great in the natural, you know, it's a beautiful day, you know, no problems in life, you know, you picked up a, you know, a quarter in the in the parking lot and you got a raise and you, you know, made a new friend. Those are all natural things. And we have a tendency to interpret the natural as having some greater meaning. And because we are, because our soul, your soul, my soul, is still in process of being reunited with our spirit, our soul is basically negative. Our soul looks for problems. We are far more prone to interpret negative than positive. But that's our soul not our spirit. It is certainly not God. And we'll get into more of this when we talk about the difference between what we think and what we believe and and how we live our lives, what we think of God, what we think of others, what we think about ourselves. But the more we can interpret or reinterpret our lives based on being in process. The sovereignty of God controls every circumstance in your life. And God crafted that circumstance for you, for your benefit. The people God has in your life the both the positive and the negative about those people, the circumstances you find yourself in, the positive and the negative, the the country you live in, the time period you live in, those were all crafted for you. And they were crafted for you not because God needed you. God doesn't need anyone. God already has 
everyone. He has every, there is no need in God, period. There is no shadow, there is no lack, there is no place where it's a little empty in in God, in spirit, in your spirit. There's no part of your spirit that has lack, that experiences fear or abandonment or regret rejection there's no place in your spirit that experiences any of those negative or likewise your spirit doesn't experience success or victory or joy those are all in your soul we use those terms to describe things about god's character because isn't that interesting? We we think about, okay, does this make God happy? When I'm doing this, and sometimes, you know, we're we're told to do that to, to determine whether something we're doing or thinking or saying is Christian or not. You know, does it please God? Does is when God sees you doing that, does he smile? I tell you that's really just manipulation. You want to know if God is happy with what you're doing? Ask him. And odds are you already know the answer. But the problem is not about making God happy. It's about what's good for you. And by that we mean what is good for, what is helpful for you, your soul, to be restored to your spirit which is, again, who you truly are. So we think of in terms of, okay, if we're in the right place, if we're in the center of his will, if we were perfect, we would have joy 24-7. We would experience nothing but wonderful emotions. We would experience nothing but making the right choices, right decisions. We'd never make a mistake again. We'd we'd know the truth, and the truth would set us free. All these things, and yet when we look at God, and we look, those are all part of the soul. God created all that. And God himself does not value, you know, one aspect of his creation over others. He gave us, you know, the the tree of, of life, and then he gave us options. He gave us choice. He gave us an experience and a process. And as we go through this life, you know, just look at the natural. There's so many parallels in the natural. We have night and day. We have different seasons. We have different Laws that play on our being. Law of gravity. We have to eat. We can't, you know, if you don't eat, you you starve. There are aspects of our physical being that demand attention. There are also aspects of our soulical being that demand attention. And yet when we look at God and we go, 
How does he feel about this? Why doesn't he do that? We are taking our beliefs and our experience, which is all we have, we're taking our understanding of our soul and our body and we're projecting that on God himself and on our spirit. Neither, none of us have really touched spirit. Now, who you truly are is a spirit being, but your soul is so blinded to your spirit. Now, your spirit is unrelenting in pursuing your soul. Your spirit, who you truly are, is not going to let your soul escape. Your, your soul is constantly being molded and shaped and pulled and refit back into that perfect combination, that perfect union, the restoration of your soul, the restoration of your mind, of your will and your emotions, restored to its originally intended relationship. Now, again, we don't know if, let's say, and the reason I just say let's say is because we don't know. But going through these illustrations gives us some freedom and opportunity to think differently. So let's say we were in a different kind of life being, before we were here on this earth. And in that life being, our soul and our spirit and body were one. And yet to experience here on this earth, our soul had to be separated from our spirit. To achieve and accomplish some of the things we've already talked about, appreciation and gratitude and, and what it was like to live without God. But in order for that to happen, the spirit had to be dead. So we're born with a dead spirit. And our soul is left to run things on its own. And it, it's never meant, it was never created to run its own life. Your soul is not complete. Your soul longs for, on the one hand, longs to return to that life-giving relationship with your spirit. And yet your, your soul has also learned to do things on its own. And its number one job is to control. Now that's its number one job. Its motivation, its reason for doing that is for protection. It's to protect itself to protect your mind, to protect your will your, and your protect your emotions, and then finally to protect your body. It's always on guard. And this is, you know, there's, so, there's as much stress in, in the Christian churches outside, sometimes more, because we are so hard on ourselves. Why aren't you perfect yet? Why are you still struggling with that? Can't you get over that? That happened X number of years ago. Why does that still bother you? 
You know, you've got a short temper. How come you, you know, you've been a Christian for so long. How come you, you still have a short temper? Whatever it is, we go, why can't we get over this? Because God hasn't put his finger on it yet. Only God can change our soul. Now, one of the things we're learning, and we we constantly emphasize this, how important it is to spend time with God. Because that is one of the most valuable times for us, for your spirit, to pull your soul towards its restored state. Because when we are waiting quietly, patiently, with our mind still, with our emotions quieted, with every aspect of our soul simply like waiting, you know, uh, resting on your back on water, just floating. You're not asleep. You're aware, but there's nothing going on in your mind. There's nothing going on in your emotions. You're not thinking, okay, I should be doing this. You're just going, okay, I'm existing. I'm existing in this space and time. Think of that analogy of, of, you know, having one of those floating, you know, inflatables, and you're just laying there. It doesn't matter where the water takes you. Trust God about that. But you're just being available to him. And just like those sun's rays that beat down on you, you don't have to do anything. God is pulling through your spirit, pulling your soul to him, to your spirit. Now your soul wants to return, wants to be restored, but it also wants to continue to do things its own way. Your soul does not trust your spirit. Now, some of us have been rejected and others have been rejected more. But whatever your rejection is, whatever, think of the worst thing that's ever happened in your life. That's your 10. Think of your 10. Now, some people, their 10 is... You know, they they moved when they were, you know, in junior high. And that was the worst thing that ever happened to them. And they lost friends and they had to start in a new junior high and it was just terrible. That was the worst thing that ever happened to them. Others live in a in poverty or in a war-torn country and they lost their whole family and have no idea what their future holds. And they were, you know, injured and... They have no one to take care of them. That's their 10. It doesn't matter. Whatever whatever is crafted for you was specifically crafted for you. God put you in the situation he wanted you to have in order to restore your soul. Now, again, God's doing the restoration of the soul. Part of our, you know, learning to live and move and have our being as a spirit is spending time with him. And then, you know, this goes back to, you know, we'll probably get around to it not not too future of a time. But 
when that happens, it starts to expand. When we, as we begin to accept that, the, you know, the sovereignty of God, that every moment we experience is a moment of spirit, of the spirit, your spirit, pulling your soul, temp, drawing, desiring your soul to return to its relationship with its spirit. As that's going on, we begin to experience it more and more on the solical level. And this is where we begin to start having what we call experiences. And we used to call them spiritual experiences, but they're not. They're solical experiences. Your spirit is already experiencing everything in the spirit. Everything that's going on in this spirit, your spirit is already experiencing it. There's no time, there's no depth, there's no questioning. Everything, you know, the spirit is experiencing right now all at once. Your soul, on the other hand, is is very limited in what it's experiencing. So, we, we you know, in our soul, we don't even understand how the soul works the soulical realm, the realm that our soul dwells in. As, as our soul and our spirit come close to one another, our soulical needs start to be met and our soulical senses are quickened. So your senses are already in a 100% perfect working order. They've just not been activated, used. You, again, we've talked about how you have all the abilities. Some people call them gifts. We're calling them abilities. They're already, already all in your soul and your body. Everything you need for life and godliness is already in, in you. But because we, because of our beliefs, because of, of our soul desiring to control how God heals us, when, what we work on, again, you got, your, your soul is afraid of being rejected. And you know what? It has a right to be. God does not hold it against you that you're afraid of him. God does not hold it against you that you don't trust him. God doesn't hold it against you that you wonder what's next, that you don't, that you're, that you're holding God at arm's length. God doesn't hold that against you. But he doesn't want you to stay there. He's the one calling you. Like in the Song of Solomon, read that. God is calling you to come away with him and be with him and let him love you. Not because he needs you. Not because, not you know, oh, God needs, you know, X number of people to be praying about this, then he'll listen. No, that's, that's not God. That's us coming up with, with a way to control based on our beliefs, based on something that, again, we try to make sense of, of things, of the way God does things, without all the information. Your soul doesn't have all the information. Yet, your mind, your will, your emotions do not understand what God is doing. 
yet. So as God restores your mind and restores your will and restores your emotions, your mind, your will, and emotions start to have, again, not spiritual experiences, but supernatural experiences. Think about when Jesus was walking here on this earth. And think about the Mount of Transfiguration. When he, as he walked from here to there, took one step after another, took the took the left fork of this of the road, made it, you know, we're going to stay here overnight, made decisions after decisions. His eyes, his soul was fully looking into absolutely every aspect of the life around him, of the supernatural realm, the soul. You know, the devil never needed to appear to him. He saw him all the time. He saw everybody's souls. He saw all the different angels that were guarding him, protecting him. He saw from the beginning who was going to betray him, who was going to, to... take up his mantle after. He, he knew what was going on with the guards. He knew how the effect of everything he was going to do on the earth. He knew it all. When he saw the, you know, the, the prophets revealed to him, and they were explaining to him, this is what's going to happen. That was for the benefit of others. He saw other people all the time. Because his solical abilities, his solical senses were always fully joined to his spirit. But again, not so you and I. We're still in process. And that's okay. That's where God wants us, is in process. And this is part of our challenge is we, is we get so... When you... When you join in rejecting yourself, you think, oh, I should be rejected. I made this mistake so, you know, so many different years ago. What's that? You made your bed and I lie in it. You know, so many parents use that on their kids, and we, then we use it on ourselves. And it's common because it works. We reject ourselves. We it's it's faster than you know the the sooner we can reject ourselves then we don't have to wait for god to do it rejection is part of our livelihood rejection is part of our expectation it's part of our emotions and yet it's not true so this is where we can start to release ourselves and, and accept that, guess what? You made mistakes. Big deal. They were part of God's plan for you. Are sometimes, are some, you know, sometimes we make really big mistakes. Sometimes they're, you know, nobody else knows about them but us. But they're not any, they're not a surprise to God. And he's not up there wringing his hands somewhere going, shoot, now what am I going to do? I had all these plans set out, and now I'm not going to be able to take care of any of them. No. 
these mistakes are attached to your will, and they're chains on your will. They are restrictions. They're what's keeping your will, that part of your soul, in that cell, keeping your, your will from freedom is that guilt and shame and regret from making mistakes. Let me ask you, do you think Jesus ever made a mistake? I say yes. I say absolutely. He experienced everything we did. He had to learn how his soul worked. How does he learn? How do any of us learn? Trial and error. He had to learn. He learned obedience through the things he suffered. And what does that mean? When God tells, when my father says do this and I don't do it, there are consequences. Not punishment, consequences. He learned just like we do. It's about the process. It's not about being perfect. Don't ever expect, I mean, maybe somebody, someday I suspect somebody will reach that union of spirit, soul, and body. But we're, no, I don't, you know, I don't know of anybody who's anywhere close in this world. Just like Jesus did, they, Jesus sent shockwaves through the earth. His, res, his crucifixion and resurrection changed everything. His birth changed everything. You and I were just let's enjoy the process of our here, of our life here on this earth and not be so consumed with trying to be perfect, trying to do it right. Let God join your soul on a day-to-day basis and don't be afraid of making mistakes. It's part of the process. Any area that you you know write down any area where you're feeling shame or guilt, or regret, or you're hiding from God. Write it down. Ask him about it. Ask him, is there anything I need to do about this? Lord, have, you know, has this been forgiven? Do I need to restore my relationship with someone else? Do I need to forgive myself? That's a whole other thing we can get, we'll get into some other time is forgiveness. But that's your homework, is to write down any area, any past thing in your life that you still carry those feelings, those beliefs that your mistake ruined your life or changed your life or still affects you in some way. So thanks for for tuning in. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.